everyone. Thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. Joining me today is the co-founder and CEO of uh, Commons Clinic, Nick Oppen. Nick, how are you today? I am wonderful. Thanks for having me, Jared. Let's uh, let's talk healthcare. Let's do it. Let's let's kick things off right out of the gate. Uh, if you could tell us a little bit about your background, I know the audience would love to hear that. Yeah. So. Uh, I am a little boring. I've spent my entire career building venture-backed healthcare service businesses, really, you know, kind of running this playbook of building a big, beautiful consumer brand and bringing that to a new, uh, hopefully novel value-based care delivery model. Started my journey about a decade ago, running the growth team uh, at Heal, the tech-enabled house call practice. Wild ride there. Um, in early 2018, I left after, unfortunately, in my personal life, one of my closest childhood friends passed away from glioblastoma and was a crucible moment for me, made the decision to leave Heal, start a value-based oncology platform uh, with a corporate investor, Cancer Treatment Centers of America, called Aura Oncology. Um, fast forward a couple of years, I'm on to my my third healthcare business, uh, Commons Clinic, which we started about 20 months ago to uh, go build a better future for specialty care. So in 20 months, a lot's happened already, right? There's been, uh, we'll get into this a little bit later, but there was a funding announcement, uh, you know, the Series A announcement. Um, Talk us through, give us an overview of Commons Clinic and kind of where you're at today. Yeah, absolutely. So to give you the very, like, frankly, like trite one-liner here, we're building the the Oak Street Health or insert your favorite kind of risk-based provider group model here for specialty care with an initial focus on the musculoskeletal stack. So spine, orthopedics, interventional pain management, physiatry, physical therapy, the kind of comprehensive spectrum. Um, uh, When you peel back that first layer of the onion, and really get at what we're trying to achieve and kind of the opportunity that I see is to go into a market like LA where we've, where we've launched and have two clinics operational or the Bay or some of the Texas markets. Uh, these major metros that are really dominated by big oligopolistic hospital systems that have used the gravitational force of their hospitals to consolidate markets, drive up the cost of specialty care, and in my opinion, deliver a really frankly, shitty experience to to consumers. And you know, especially coming out of COVID, we see an opportunity to build a new care model to compete with them for the specialty care pie that is you know, built on lighter weight infrastructure, is ruthlessly more consumer and brand centric, and is focused on you know, delivering high quality, affordable care and taking on the, the risk and responsibility for that care rather than just trying to crank out facility fees. Um, so we, uh, we were fortunate enough to, uh, we raised $11 million to date in, uh, seed financing, uh, led by, uh, fantastic investors, uh, uh, Roman at Vast Ventures. Uh, we have two clinics operational in LA today, spine and orthopedics, um, and are really focused through 2023 of, uh, you know, going and competing with the big boys like Cedar sinai UCLA and Providence and, and doing so hand in hand with our health plan partners and taking on you know, full risk for musculoskeletal episodes of care and saying, hey, you know, if that care went to Cedars today, maybe it's a $100,000 facility fee for a spine case, just exorbitant prices that just shouldn't exist in this healthcare ecosystem and saying, hey, we can take on a, a budget for this care, deliver better quality, better outcomes, better experience, and, uh, and you know, hopefully build a really fantastic business off the back of that. Let's Let's talk a little bit about, I guess, what's wrong with hospital system level of care today? Because um, I'm, you know, uh, I'm, I'm assuming, and I, I know you kind of talked a little bit through this when you, when you explain this here, uh, that's part of the inspiration and why you wanted to, to build this company. Can you, can you talk a little bit more about that? 
So I think I think one of my frustrations with the healthcare technology, healthcare kind of innovation ecosystem is there's a there's a habit of trying to build new care models that are outside of the system, that are virtual only, that are maybe going direct to employer, that are, you know, ignoring the reality that if you live in LA today and you have low back pain, there's like a 98% chance that you're going to go to a community orthopedic surgeon that's aligned with Cedars UCLA or Providence, right? The inertia of healthcare is that healthcare is local and that people make kind of local decisions. And, you know, with that, with that vein, hospitals have been really, you know, uh, successful consolidating market share and they have very specific incentives. They have a billion dollars of debt on, you know, their, their big box and they need to make facility improvements and keep the mothership humming. And I think what that means for consumers in the healthcare ecosystem is that you cannot create radical value in specialty care unless you compete with hospital systems, unless you try to win market share, unless you go toe to toe with them. This is not building some virtual like sidecar to the real show. It's about going and stealing market share and doing so in a way that you have a care model that can ultimately you know, derive a lot of value for everyone that matters here. Like physicians need to have a great place to work. They need to make great money. Health plans need to save money and bend the cost curve. And then, you know, by far the most importantly, it's like, I just want to deliver great transparent care to consumers and, and, you know, do it in a way that they don't need to, you know, manage the complexity of that care and all of the things that are so broken about going in this assembly line hospital system service experience. And talk us through, I guess, the, the state of orthopedic care in particular. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think when it comes to specialty care broadly and, you know, at a micro level with, with orthopedics, we're really seeing a paradigm shift in how we care for folks and how kind of a step change or dichotomous that is from the typical model, right? On one side, minimally invasive surgical intervention and really the technologies that power that from new custom implant technologies to robotics to everything in between is making it safe to do things like first a total joint replacement in a surgery center and now complex orthopedics, spine, things that you know 10 years ago we thought were hospital forever basically, right? You can do a total joint replacement in a surgery center for 40% cheaper on average than a hospital-based facility with better outcomes, right? Faster recovery times, fewer revisions. And I think what we are seeing in specialty care, you know, writ large is things are getting better, faster, cheaper, you know, at the quickest rate in history, really driven first by a site of service shift. And that's going to continue, right? And break the hospital system model. Yet on the other side of the equation, there is a massive amount of waste in MSK, just like procedures that shouldn't happen, don't need to happen clinically, because that's how physicians and facilities get paid, right? But could be better service with a conservative care program like uh, pain management, physical therapy, physiatry, right? This kind of multimodal approach. And I think the early iterations on solving this issue have been fantastic. You know, we have a core partnership with SWORD, one of the, you know, really bright spots in kind of the virtual care space, you know, really proving that virtual PT can have massive outcome leverage. And I think, you know, what what I am designing to do is take these, you know, two huge interventions that we can prevent a lot of unnecessary surgeries, a lot of waste, and, you know, drive a massive site of service arbitrage and build that into both a single care model kind of centered around, a, you know, a collaborative care medical home, but also give it a business model chassis to 
to thrive. Like those two interventions, you know, from a physician's point of view, like you don't really capture the value of that in a fee-for-service ecosystem. So for me, taking on risk and responsibility for a patient, for a population is how we can ultimately kind of marry like what is great about all the advancements we've made in orthopedics care and actually give it a sustainable path forward from a commercial perspective. By the way, Nick, seeing you get so excited when you're talking about this and light up is the reason I turned the podcast from audio only to video and audio. So if you're listening to this, go on, check out the video and see how passionate Nick is about this stuff because I'm, I'm loving it. You're making me light up right now because I, I love the, the energy um, oh, and, and love <laughs> um, and love hearing about the the partnership too with Sword Health. We obviously we had their um, I'm probably going to mess up. I think it's Dr. Uh, Vijay or Vijay Manadala or something. It's uh, I, it was always tough yeah. for me to get the last name, but he's yeah, awesome. He's their chief medical officer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's really cool. Um, well, one of the things Nick, I always hear, and we, I think everyone's heard over the last couple of years is all we've heard is really digital health, digital health, digital health, right? Uh, another telehealth app that's come into the landscape that may or may not be doing something unique, right? There's some that are doing some great things. There's some, you know, not so great. Let's talk a little bit about something different. Let's talk about the role of brick and mortar locations, which is uh, something I feel like we talk less about today, but has such an importance in our, in our healthcare system still. So the reality is that you cannot digital health away a torn ACL, right? People need real healthcare. And ultimately, I think our industry and people building new and novel care models need to focus on the 99% of care that happens in person and create new value there, right? So, you know, on one side, we are all, you know, building new care models and trying to design, okay, how can we deploy this intervention? If I'm Strive Health Monogram, one of these CKD platforms, I need to do a kidney transplant a lot of times to be able to keep this patient out of a DaVita facility for the next, you know, 10, 20 years getting, getting, getting dialysis. Uh, there is in-person care happening in nearly every single one of these models. I think the better, you know, question is, is not, do you need brick and mortar? What is the role? But rather, how do you weave together all of the, you know, all of this kind of hybrid, virtual, in-person facility, outpatient? How do you weave together all of these assets into a into a care delivery ecosystem that uh, can make sense for your investors and funding sources and kind of match the uh, the funding environment, um, but also, you know, accomplish the outcome that you're trying to design, which I think in the vast majority of cases is, you know, lower the cost of healthcare, deliver better outcomes. But where I also think and put a, you know, uh, put a kind of premium on is also engendering consumer loyalty and saying, hey, like, you know, the, the Commons Clinic brand needs to needs to mean something to our patients in LA. They need to have a reason to come with us. They need to have a reason to believe in our care. And I think that when it comes to, you know, orthopedics, right, like we're competing with inertia. We are competing with a patient having, you know, knee arthritis and going to that physician at Cedars and getting, you know, kind of sucked into that vortex. They are choosing physicians. They are choosing the brands in market. And in many cases, you cannot build a valuable care model without reckoning with the fact that like 
people need in-person care. And so, okay, so you take that as a given and then what do you go do with it, right? We are really focused not just on building like two, $3 million de novo sites, which I think is you know a very difficult way to build a business, but saying, hey, there are a lot of independent physicians in our markets that are, uh, that are on an island that could use better support from a larger uh, organization, from a contracting perspective, from a branding and marketing perspective, from a technology perspective, and most importantly, from an enhanced clinical services perspective to, to level up what they're doing, make them more competitive. How do we partner with them? How do we bring them under the commons umbrella and, uh, and you know, maybe make it a more capital light approach to building the business, which I, I think, you know, um, obviously given the macro environment can be very, can be very valuable from your ability to grow and scale, but how can we, you know, kind of architect the business with the realities that we need in person care, but also the realities that we need to design the business to be effective in a funding environment. That's tough. At the beginning of this uh, conversation, you mentioned uh, a recent fundraising event that happened right towards the end of, or was at least announced towards the end of 2022. Can you shed some more light into who participated and really where you see like the use of proceeds focusing in on uh, as you continue to grow and build? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think we've been really fortunate to across uh, our pre-seed and seed rounds to bring in some really fantastic uh, investors. As I mentioned, Anik Raman from Vast Ventures led our seed round. Um, more recently, we've brought in uh, some really great funds like Floating Point, um, two early Oscar guys that are, you know, thinking about at the fund level, bringing the Oscar playbook to a lot of both industry, industries in healthcare and outside of Hey, there's a there's a stale business model. There's a stale operating model. You can bring brand technology and business and you mid model innovation to it um, to create to create new value. Um, and uh, and then you know next to that have brought in a lot of the you know kind of great angel investors uh, that have founded their own companies. Uh, and I'm sure many have been on your podcast, like Tom Lee from One Medical and Galileo. Um, uh, actually, just last week, uh, Elliot Cohen from PillPack. We were very excited, invested, um, uh, and uh, and yeah, and so you know, with all of this kind of firepower supporting us, you know, what we are really focused on doing is you know, uh, bringing fantastic independent physicians into the platform, you know, uh, supporting them as we shift their businesses over to over to over to risk, right, from a you know legacy fee for service chassis. We're getting paid three, four, five thousand dollars for every case you do. Just saying, hey, let's take your patient population and figure out how we can, you know, uh, take care of them for for a broader budget, right? Um, and uh, and I think you know what 2023 and 2024 has in store for us is really go prove that our care model works, prove that our care model and our business model resonate with physicians, and uh, and really solidify long term partnerships with with health plans to. Uh, you know, to, to be a core ambulatory health system in their networks and really, uh, you know, relieve some of the pressure that their health system relationships have put on their networks. Really interesting. I mean, congrats on getting those those folks, uh, even the angels uh, involved too. Uh, getting Tom Lee is, is amazing. Uh, anytime you're, you're associated with the, the people that you're just associated, that you mentioned, that's a big deal. It's really interesting to see too, how the, with the, as it relates to PillPack, how that acquisition for Amazon's really coming to fruition, right? With the, their latest announcement on their, what is it, $5 a month yeah. for your prescriptions, um, which is wild. Um, well, it's going to make a we... bigger <laughs> impact than like the entire venture <laughs> back healthcare ecosystem just because, you know, 
TJ and Elliot built an amazing business, an amazing technology stack, amazing operations. And with the Amazon platform, that's how you make a big difference for people. So it's super cool to see. Yeah. I mean, now Amazon has, you know, for for your, your general like telehealth visits, right? Like the, the clinic that they put together, um, you know, with a good group of, uh, of folks. But yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how that continues to evolve for sure. As we wrap up here, Nick, would love to hear what's next for you and uh, Commons Clinic. Yeah, you know, I mean, like at the end of the day, like my business is pretty simple. It's go bring in great specialty physicians, surround them with, you know, all of the resources that they need to deliver really great care and partner with health plans to take accountability for our patient populations. Like when you put those ingredients together, we hope to give, uh, you know, tens of thousands and hopefully hundreds of thousands of patients uh, great specialty care outcomes over the next decade. So, um, so it's grow, 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 and, you know, continue to build our brand and build our value in the market. Well, look forward to staying in touch with you and continuing to see how Commons Clinic grows. And hopefully we can have you come back on again in the near future and talk about some more fun, interesting topics. I'd love it. Thanks so much, Jared.